1: There has been a bombing in Gilead. There are fatalities including a number of high-level government officials. Were any handmaids killed? We do have unconfirmed reports that fatalities are among the civilians and, yes, handmaids.
2: I will find every person involved in this barbaric attack.
1: And they will be Welcome to Eyes on Gilead, our weekly podcast dedicated to The Handmaid's Tale. There is a lot going on in this show, and we think it helps to talk it out after every episode drops on SBS and SBS On Demand. We need it, and we thought that you might too. My name is Natalie Hambley, and I'm the managing editor of the SBS Life website, and I'm joined by Sana Kadar, Hello. a journalist for Small Business Secrets, and Heidi Island, hi, a content programmer for SBS On Demand. This week on The Handmaid's Tale, it's the aftermath of the bombing and Gilead is in lockdown. It's less of a struggle for survival and more a struggle for power. Sana, what was your immediate highlight?
0: I think my highlight was getting to learn a bit about Maura's backstory. Yeah. That was unexpected. The I'm surrogacy
1: and... I'm so glad that we saw more of her, actually. Yeah. Heidi, what about you? My highlight, I think, was
2: seeing Serena and June taking over the office at the Waterfords house, which was very unexpected. Yeah. That was an amazing twist, actually.
1: I love that. My highlight was back on Moira again, and um, I really loved when we saw her get together with her girlfriend over buying a bottle of wine, because her face lit up with joy. (laughs) We really don't see that a lot. No. (laughs) So I'm grabbing it, I'm taking it. I was smiling from ear to ear during that scene. (laughs) It was cute. Now... We should talk about Fred. Fred's not dead.
0: Fred is not <gasps> dead. But you know what? <laughs> I think he might still die. He's not doing so well. So he might still be <laughs> on his way out.
1: But yeah, he's not dead. I know dead. I was quite annoyed about that. But I also think,
2: like, in a way, him not being dead is actually giving us things that we'd hoped. Would come from him
1: dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
0: still the shift in like power dynamics. Yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the house
1: dynamics overall. I think yeah. it's actually like a really clever move to not kill Fred because instead it allows Serena the perfect opportunity to step into the power mm, yeah. that she's always <laughs> to be dreamed his of. Yeah. And, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because like it was interesting because her future if Fred does die, they sort of made it clear with one sort of gesture when one of the executives of Gilead just touched her hand when he was asking oh, her yes, about Oh, that was creepy. Yeah, and it sort of said that if Fred dies, she's kind of going to get given a new husband. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she doesn't want that. No, she doesn't want that. Yeah, that was that was creepy. I was glad that we didn't see Nick's wife really
0: we saw though the episode the scene rather that she was in in the grocery store with all the maids saying their names to each other and she's just listening and watching mm-hmm this girl is going to cause trouble. She's going (laughs) to carry on. She's listening and she's, you know, she's taking it all in. And she actually, I was thinking about it from the previous episode. She reminds me sort of of, do you know anything about the Red Guards during the Cultural Revolution in China?
1: Tell me. Okay. So basically the
0: only reason I know about this is because I spent a tiny bit of time living in China. They were basically high school students during the Cultural Revolution who had totally drunk the Kool-Aid of what the Cultural Revolution was trying to do. They were total zealous sort of overly zealous um believers and they were they would report their teachers they would report their parents they were like completely going for it and she's obviously Eden's not going crazy quite yet Mm -hmm. but in that vein she's she's young she's impressionable she's totally Mm -hmm. drunk the Mm kool-aid and she's
1: gonna cause trouble absolutely I Mm. I know I'm dreading that actually (laughs) I don't want to see it really but I wonder what Nick's gonna do and I was, thought it was interesting. We didn't really see him with his wife, but we did see him with June. And I was very <laughs> grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a bit more. Yes.
0: Love happening. Yeah. And that that hand going on Serena and how creepy it was sort of made it seem like Serena is just as disposable as the handmaids mm-hmm. and she can be passed around just as much as the handmaids can. So, yep. you know, her power only exists so long as
1: maybe Fred is alive Yeah, mm. and then she's sort of up for the taking which is kind of great, I guess, in, in that way that Fred is in hospital and I'm thinking she's going to be hoping that he doesn't get better any t- time <laughs> soon. We need him alive but sick. Yeah. <laughs> I think from, she's thinking, from... why didn't I poison him earlier? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. What we did see this week was a lot more of what's happening in Canada and we've got a bit of an insight into Luke's mind, Mm. which we sort of haven't had in the past. I know that I've expressed annoyance before that he's just been seen Mm. lying on a couch and what is he really doing. But I think we sort of got a bit of an insight into the trauma that he's going through because he and Moira were in two very different places. With
0: how to deal. Mm.
1: And what we haven't realised is that, they don't really know what's going on in Gilead. Well, at least he didn't really know until Moira arrived and I'm sure she's probably filled him in on all the horrors that are happening. Mm-hmm. But he seems to
0: not really want to know all that much
1: either. I think he's kind of yeah. shut down. Like he's realised that he's kind of powerless and he can't really do anything and he just has to trust that she's fine but not fine. Like I quite like that he, He's got certainty in that knowing that she's not fine. Because yeah, like, <laughs> like Moira said to him, like, don't you want to know if she's okay? And he went, well, she's not okay. And I thought... Yeah, that's perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and I actually, I don't feel like I've gotten insight into Luke and his thinking quite yet. I mean, I think in the coming episodes, we're going to see him flush out a bit more, but I, he's still a bit of a mystery to me. I mm. don't know
2: why he does what he does and what he's really thinking. And- yeah, he's kind of been in the stasis in Canada mm. and you don't really know if that's just his coping mechanism is yeah. I'm, not, I'm just going to sort of not engage with it. I can't do anything to help, so I'm just going to sit back and let it wash over me, there's also this other side of him where he could be behaving like this because he actually knows a little bit more than we think he does. I'm
1: wondering about that. Uh, Does he? Like is he actually in May Day? Is he actually orchestrating things or is – he just sort of depressed and going on with her <laughs> that then. Yeah. That's his buddy. Yeah, I want to know more about He's made a few that.
2: comments in the past that kind of suggest he has been following kind of military action on the border yeah, and yeah. what's happening, that he is actually engaged with the politics and the international relations there, yet still doesn't seem emotionally
1: engaged. Yeah, and it kind of bothers me that we haven't seen him talk about Hannah at all. We keep seeing him yeah. right. in Actually, flashbacks with his daughter being an amazing dad, but we're not seeing him now grieving for her, looking at so a picture, mm. asking about her. But we did get a depressing insight into what has happened to children in Gilead, which is when Moira was going through pictures of dead people trying to mm. find her girlfriend. And she points to like white files and says, what are those ones over there? and that's all the children. I went, there's just cabinets full of pictures of dead children which haven't been named yet. Which is so surprising to me
2: because children have such an elevated status. In Gilead, you know, there's Mm -hmm. there's fertility issues around the world. Mm -hmm. Every birth is this, like, hallowed occasion.
1: Why would they be killing children? I know. It's so interesting. They haven't really gone into this yet, which is within Gilead. Is there actually a strata of power or of of the people within it, who gets to be a wife, who gets to be an Okono person, and mm. who were the discarded ones? I'm assuming there must be discarded ones, the ones which they don't really want in Gilead. Maybe they followed a different faith or a different race. Or Well, a, I, I think
0: know. we've seen they end up in the colonies. There was a, a Jewish yeah. rabbi. They were Yeah.
2: I mean, we've seen lots of women in the colonies, but yeah, the what happens children to the men? and men get sent to the colonies.
1: I think the men just yeah. get executed, really. Yeah. yeah. That's what I found surprising with this episode, actually, was how it opened I was fully expecting it to open and we would learn about all the male executives yes. who had died and were mm. killed and that sort of level yeah, I couldn't of tell if it was Gilead. A procession for the,
2: yeah. the commanders, for the handmaids killed who, oh, you it's, know, it's handmaids because they're yeah. all in red coffins well, in a yes. circle. It took
1: it took me a little while to cotton onto that because Same. I was just yeah, so yeah. primed to hear about all the guys that had died. I think I, I think I actually wanted to hear about that as disturbing <laughs> as that is. Oh, so did I. Um, yeah,
2: you learn about as much as the handmaids do that there are like 26 commanders and there's dead, more than 31
1: for handmaids. Yeah. More yeah. handmaids More killed. Handmaids. And isn't it weird that like I understand that when they went to handmade training school that, they, <laughs> that like they learnt about the rape ritual and the birthing ritual but they also learnt a mass funeral ritual? Well, this is the first time we <laughs> see a
0: ritual around death though, isn't it? We've seen all the r- rituals around conception yeah, yeah. and life and all that kind of thing but this is the first time we're seeing it around. Death, and it's just as weird. Just and as there's weird. just as many like
2: repeating <laughs> motifs. There's so like anything to do with the handma- handmaids, it's this red, yeah, circles. Mm-hmm. You know, the coffins that's right. The coffins arranged in a circle is similar to the handmaids arranged in a circle holding the rocks out, yeah. as punishment in yeah. the early episode. It's the circle that's what is the, the with circle that the is circle? the is hanging in the grocery store on all the banners. I think... Okay, you've noticed think, way more than I yeah, have. Wow. I kind of feel like in that banner it was representative of, like, the eye. Ah, like of, 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 that makes
1: yeah. sense. Always You're watching. watching. Quote, unquote, I feel like that's the, that's the icon ah. that's sort of happening there. That sort of mass funeral of the handmaids did actually give us, I think... One of the funniest lines of the episode, and I say funny where you sort of laugh and then you sort of cry. Which one is that? Aunt Lydia, when she was giving her oh, speech, yes. and she's oh. like... I wish turn. I could give you a world without violence, without pain. That's all I ever wanted. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you've seen Janine without the eye, right? What? <laughs> what, what is she talking about?
0: She burned a girl's hand off. What is she talking
1: He's okay, like about. one of the most violent people in Gilead. This exactly. Is utterly mad. <laughs> truly, truly uh. mad. <laughs> yeah, that was good. The other thing I thought was weird, weird but kind of good, and I haven't quite figured it out, but the way that um, babies were talked about in this episode, and it was mainly between June and Moira because Moira is going through surrogacy, which I thought mm. was interesting yes. as well. Yeah. June refers to baby Hannah as, like, jokingly, as a tyrant, and then um, <laughs> then she talks to Moira about Moira being pregnant and says, "You might get attached to the fucker." Uh, right? <laughs> oh, she's <laughs> not overly sentimental. And then, like, um, Moira says later, she like she refers to her baby as um, an alien. And I thought, <laughs> I kind of like this because clearly they are lovely, caring, sympathetic yeah. people, but I kind of like but that the language. not their too langu- precious either. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. I kind of like that insight into them and the insight into their friendship as well, which I yeah. thought was nice.
0: How incredible! though that babies were going for $250,000. Yeah, right? <laughs> like that tells you the market forces around mm. sort of this crisis of conception was mm. crazy. And is that part of what pissed off what would become Gilead, you know, cuz th- there's obviously all these ethical mm. issues around paying women for surrogacy mm-hmm. and, and you know, paying someone for that kind of thing. And and those who are more religious usually aren't into that at all. Look very much down on that. Is that part of what fed into the yeah. religious Folk of this world getting really mm. angry about how conception was being treated and the cheapening, or you know, because I was actually commodification. thinking yeah, commodification. That's that, not like, going for. This
1: looks like an example of surrogacy done right where the woman opts in to do it. She's fully Mm. aware of all the risks. She's actually getting paid for her labour as well. She has agency in this entire process, yep. And her face when she was handing over the baby, which, by the way, did not look like a newborn. It looked about like (laughs) three months old. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I was like, (laughs) the kid's been sticking around for four months and now she's handing it over?
1: (laughs) That's Um, hard. but, but, But her face as she was watching from the doorway as she saw the parents take her baby. And her face was very at peace. It was quite serene. She was really okay with it. And mm. I just thought, oh, this is kind of an example of sort of how it's meant to go. Whereas Gilead kind mm. of shows us all these normal things, but they show it in such a weird, messed up mm. way where it's all just a little bit skewed and wrong.
2: I guess if that's an example of surrogacy done right and the handmaids is kind of the, the very other end of that when there's where there's no agency and it's essentially slavery, there's lots of
1: kind of real world examples that fall somewhere in between, in between yeah. that. Um, Surrogacy is definitely not a perfect issue. It's definitely not one that we have sort of solved in mm-hmm. modern day here. Like, Australia doesn't have a great answer for it. It's sort of being outlawed in India now. Like it's- Well, because,
0: I mean, interestingly, in India, it's often done by women who desperately need money and so they're mm-hmm. using their ability to conceive as a way of earning an income and having a way of providing for their existing family.
1: $250,000. <sighs> yep. For a healthy baby. Jesus. Coffee is on me forever. Let's 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 get back to Nick. <laughs> oh yes,
0: Nick. Oh yeah. Okay. So when we learned that Commander Price is dead, I was like, oh god, there goes Max's mm. not Max. That's his <laughs> real name,
1: <laughs> Nick in Gilead. Um, there goes Nick's protector. I know. What does that mean for his I know. position? Well, he's got Serena to protect him now because she needs him. Well, that's Mm. right. Serena's
0: tapping into Nick for help. Mm -hmm. She's tapping into June for help, which Mm -hmm. was
1: totally unexpected. She had this really funny line of sort of how she had justified it to herself. Like, she's a woman. She's not meant to have any power. She's not meant to touch a pen. Yeah. Um, But she was getting Nick to help her and she sort of justified it to herself by saying that Fred will forgive me (laughs) for my transgressions or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Nick, have you ever helped the Commander submit warrants to the Consular of Divine Law?
1: Yes, ma'am. Those documents need the Commander's signature.
0: I know the Commander will forgive my trespasses. Will you walk me through the process?
2: Yeah, there's this great moment on the steps towards the end where Commander... Cushing is about to turn up Mm -hmm. and there's this exchange of glances between Serena and June Mm -hmm. and Nick on the stairs Mm -hmm. because they're all complicit in what's just about to happen Mm -hmm. and it's this wonderful moment where you're like ah, they're all back in on it together like they were in season one (laughs) yeah right for that brief period
1: (laughs) this is the kind of the great thing of what's happened to June actually is that because she's the one that actually spurred Serena into action, this great scene they had in the kitchen. And she didn't call her Mrs Waterford either. She called her Serena. Don't get upset, Serena. It's bad for the baby. Mm. That was kind of like (laughs) her, get back in the boxing ring. And um, she's sort of complicit now in Mm. Serena grabbing this power. And I really loved the ending where Serena brings June in even more. So they're in Fred's study yeah. And June will now be checking over the laws and also making changes. And I thought, what, what? an, an <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> position. But how amazing. I just love this storytelling.
0: Every episode I'm like, do I like Serena? Do I hate her? Do I? How do I feel? <laughs> it's just like constantly I'm, I'm a jumble of emotions when it comes to Serena. But I thought it was really interesting how the camera like focused in on that pen because you know what mm. that pen means and mm. women cannot have that pen and now mm-hmm. they're going to wage war via the pen. And it mimics the last sort of scene in the previous
1: episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Before the
0: handmaid went to go click the bomb.
1: Yeah. Um, Mm. I just love that like a a pen and words are just as much of a weapon as well, which brings me back to something we haven't talked about or even seen in a while, which was that package of letters that June received. That was her first job for May Day. She was given a package and Moira was um, helping her get it and Moira said to her, don't do it because it could be anthrax. And I was expecting this package to be this really sort of Um, dangerous weapon. And when she opened it up, it was just a pile of letters from women saying, my name is so-and-so and and my Mm. daughter is so-and-so and and I've been here. And it was just women telling their stories. I just thought how amazing that this powerful weapon she has is just women's words (laughs) telling stories about their own lives.
0: Yeah. And it's potentially just as
1: destructive to Gilead. Exactly. And Mm. I sort of feel like we're coming back around to that. And I just love that June had a pen. And I just thought, yeah, "Yeah, isn't it amazing? The power, the power of words, the power of a pen. Mm. And I kind of think that I'm not really appreciating pens enough in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I know.
2: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of really interesting things going on in this scene that go back to other things that have happened previously, like when she sits down with the paper to start proofing it she sits in the chair where last season she sat with Fred Mm. reading that like shitty Cosmo magazine or whatever crap he'd given her to read and just the kind of like contrast now she's like proofing these very dangerous documents that will bring a lot of power back into the hands of Serena and herself by proxy.
0: Aren't the writers clever? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then also like just even a couple of episodes ago when we had the flashbacks of June and her mother and her mother kind of being very dismissive of June's career choice because mm-hmm. she yeah, saw it right. as kind of settling, as, you know, giving up the kind of activism that her mother was right. So against here, And here, and here yeah. we suddenly have a, an opportunity for Offred to use those skills... To yeah. be part but of, but what this, exactly um, are activism. they going to do? Because
0: Serena still believes in this world, and mm-hmm. you know.
2: So, what exactly are they going to change? There was this really loaded comment from Serena about how she had put these uh, documents together. They're like new security orders, and the phrase she uses that they're to get things back to normal. Yeah, what does <laughs> she mean by that? And I was <laughs> like, yeah. <"Which> yeah. <laughs> when she said that, I'm like, do you mean normal like from like how it was before the bombing, or do you mean normal like? how you envisaged things mm-hmm. before you got all your power taken away yeah, from you. you know, like, yeah, yeah. You it's know, so What funny extent how, is she talking about?
1: Like <laughs> she can recognise that some people shouldn't have power, but she can't extend that idea enough to realise that maybe she shouldn't have power. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, her ideas are I think you're missing too. something. <laughs>
0: yes. But how quick was the rise and fall of Cushing? That was yeah. a swift end Wasn't to... No. I wanted to get to know his evilness a bit
1: more. <laughs> I was dreading that living room scene between him and June. Oh, yeah. And I love that Rita refused to leave because <laughs> in, like, an episode about But power, then says, in grace, I... Yes. <laughs> Very reluctantly. Yeah, every, <laughs> every line she delivers is just so oh, perfect. Man. I know. It's like... She's hardly ever in it. And for a moment when I saw that a Martha had been killed in the I know, street, so I was right. like, that better not be a Rita. We no. haven't seen her yet. Like, yeah. I'm still waiting yeah. for her backstory. Yeah.
2: yeah, after saying last week that I was excited to see more Rita, that moment when you look out the window and you see the Martha getting executed on the street, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, it's Rita. Mm-hmm. And then they, they deliberately string you on yeah, because there's they a do conversation between Because she doesn't reappear Nick. for a while. Yeah. yeah, there's a conversation between Nick and June later where yep. they're talking about the shooting in the street and it's, mm-hmm. it's very ambiguous as to who
1: it is and yeah string you along right to the end because when June you was really find upset too. she was
2: super upset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: and I was really happy about that. I just thought, yeah, like it's even if it's one death of someone you didn't know, it still means something and it's still horrifying to look out your window and see someone being executed in front mm. of you. And I just thought, yeah. oh I'm so glad that she really is really upset about that mm. But I thought it was interesting in the hallway where her and Nick were catching up.
0: Mm-hmm. But I
1: thought it was interesting this time in an episode that was all about power. They are catching up in a hallway where there are guards all the time and they're always on alert and they're always yeah. and they're always anxious. That sort of that feeling of that of that power and fear was just everywhere in this episode, which was mm. why that supermarket scene was so good because mm. we saw power in a different way and it goes back to those women's stories yeah. again, which is when June sees Emily, Emily, hello, mm. welcome back. Yeah, because um, I was very worried about her because she lost a tooth. An episode or two ago. Yeah,
0: I'm very interested in how they Mm. brought them back because surely they've been in radiation land quite a while. How is their fertility still intact? How is their health (laughs) still intact? Exactly. Well, you know, enough to bring them back to Gilead to hopefully conceive. Exactly. Mm. I was thinking
2: they should have been in hospital for a while, like like recovering, right? Yeah. I I wouldn't be expecting healthy children to (laughs) be born of those two. No. I think that I I remember there being a reference maybe in the book to women surviving in the colonies for about three years before they succumbed to radioactivity. So they haven't been there for that long. So I guess there is a chance that the exposure has been Mm. low enough that they could still be but clearly, I mean, but, also
0: Gilead is desperate if they're bringing them back. But yeah. yeah.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> they're really low on women. Very different to the last episode where there are it comments bountiful about women. the new yes. red centre and how <laughs> many more handmaids they'll be able to process. And now they're like dragging them back from the colonies <laughs> because
1: they're so few. <laughs> from the <half> yeah. <laughs> but like when we did see Emily's face and it was a slow reveal, she was so upset. Mm. Like her face was devastated. And I really liked that. I thought it's not like she's suddenly so happy to be here Not like Janine.
0: (laughs) Crazy old Janine. Janine. Well, good for her to find. God has saved her again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) She can believe that. But Mm. for Emily, it's very much she's swung back from her first hell to a second hell to back to first hell. You know, she's never in a good place.
1: But it was interesting that June said, I never told you my name and my name is June. And then all the handmaids started whispering Mm. and saying each other's names. And again, Mm. I just thought there's that power again. There's that power of solidarity, of women's stories. Mm. Gilead really tries to separate them and they've been so afraid of each other that in season one, they couldn't speak at all, really. They couldn't mm. have any sort of story. Even just saying if they had a child or not was they were afraid the mm. eyes were going to see them. And now they're all sharing their names and I thought, oh, is, yeah. this, is this the beginning of something?
2: There's this nice balance in this episode where the first half of the episode there are lots of unsolicited touching of women by the men, you know, <laughs> mm. there's Cushing touching Serena's hand and lots of belly rubs. So oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, God. Um, and then in the belly second... Half with this scene in the supermarket and uh, the scene in Fred's office. There's sort of these spaces where women are kind of clawing back sp- sort of spaces of their own, mm-hmm. you know? I thought that was a nice balance. Things are
0: changing. Gilead is crumbling. <laughs> is it? <laughs> is
2: it? <laughs> the reason they're telling each other their names in the supermarket is because after the funeral, they're reflecting on the fact that they. Didn't know offland the second's mm. real name and you know that sort of sets off this whole well we don't know who our real identities are mm-hmm. which reminded me again that we still don't know what offland's motive was if she was acting alone mm-hmm. uh, or if there is a broader connection to an underground a Mayday something else yeah because we
0: don't really hear from Mayday yeah. in this episode
2: there's not been any kind of progression of finding out more about the attack. Mm -hmm. It's all been pushed down so much by the high alert and the guardians and the interrogations of families that we're yet to kind of see how the dust has settled.
1: I know. I keep waiting to find out more about Mayday and I really thought this episode was going to be all about that bombing and we're going to finally see some of the... Sort of activity that's happening in the background, but we still haven't seen it. And I'm now I'm now sort of giving up. I thought they just they just they're just, just going to wait until that until that second last episode, aren't they? Yeah. we're just going to be yeah, on the on the hook for weeks.
0: <laughs> Makes sense.
2: We have had the reminder that handmaids are so disposable, though. Even in this attack, thirty of them have just been wiped out, and that kind of is in keeping with the ideas around. Mayday and any kind of big uprising against Gilead, you know, is likely to result in the deaths of a lot yeah. of Handmaids yeah. because they're so central to Gilead yeah.
1: that they are kind of disposable for the greater good. Because I actually didn't expect 26 of them to die. It's, 30, I think one. it's 31. Oh, it's, it's 31. 26, it's 26 commanders, oh, 31, God. 31
2: Handmaids.
0: But but they were behind the glass. How did more of them die? Right. That's
1: was <laughs> like. Yeah, I it knew. didn't ring true. I was like, come on. <laughs> they were like so running away. And yeah. like, how was it that like Off Glen was running? Straight Straight for Fred, and he's he he, he like, survives. "Come on,
0: <laughs>
1: doesn't make sense, but whatever." Mm. TV Land, a little bit of creative license. <laughs> yeah. So, what do we think is going to happen next week, or what do we want to have happen next week? I think we're going to
0: see more of how Serena and her household start to influence and wield power over
1: the workings of Gilead. Do you think Fred's going to be back?
0: No, I think he's he's going to stay away for a little while to um. allow this new world to sort of
1: unfurl. Fingers crossed. So Haiti next week. What do you reckon?
2: As uh, the one in this group who loves to defend Serena, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing where her relationship with Alfred or June is going to go in the next episode. If they're going to keep uh, kind of being complicit in this mm, in working this little, together uh, plan of theirs, so I'm very excited to see where that
1: goes. I did love that sort of ending. Of I did think, oh, it's women back at work, and this is what happens mm. in war, isn't it? Like this is <laughs> that's right. The men the men get sent off to the front lines and the women have to fill in the factories and start like taking over. And I thought, oh, is that what they're doing here? It's time to call in the women.
0: Yeah, I'm very suspicious of this alliance, though, because how much can be really in it for June? Serena believes in June's captivity and her bearing children for upper class, you know,
1: pious couples. She also said, was it last week or the week before, when they had that scene in the baby's room, She also said that, like, she was really annoyed Serena was that June's always got another plan hatching.
0: Yeah. Mm. And I'm thinking,
1: oh, I wonder what plan she's going to hatch when she's doing these lords. Maybe she can, like, sneak something in there.
2: (laughs) Serena still is the main line to Hannah for for June. That's right. There's a lot to
1: build there. June needs her. Yeah. Well, for me next week, I would really like to see another Nick and June sex scene if that's not asking (laughs) for too much. Come on. (laughs) I'm Um, with you. (laughs) And then, if we can go back to the other part of that horrible love triangle, would be Luke. I would like to see Luke tracking down Hannah. I sort of feel like Hannah's getting a little bit forgotten, and I kind of some initiative, Luke. Yeah, come on, save her, get in there. So, (laughs) um, yeah, fingers crossed. But that about wraps it up for this week. So thank you very much, Sana. Thank you. You're on Twitter. Whereabouts can we find you?
0: I am. I'm at at Sana underscore Qadar, Q-A-D-A-R.
1: And thank you very much, Haiti. Thanks. Haiti has been filling in for Fiona Williams, but Fiona will be back next week and Haiti will return towards the end of the season. If SBS don't ship me off to the colonies, fingers crossed no. (laughs) Eyes on Gilead is produced by Dan Barrett and edited and mixed by Jeremy Wilmot. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. about time things started getting back to normal around here don't you think and until then don't let the bastards grind you down
0: need a few minutes to reset great minds is a podcast from sbs that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world